Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. forgotten how to do this would you okay right might as well start. so I thought we had started <laughs> right andrew yeah, welcome back thank to me. you yeah, i suppose to you as well thank you for welcoming me what did you miss most about me i'm sure there's something you must have you missed. Know, oh dear god i hadn't given it any thought really is I it just, the... just can i just say i just missed you in general that's all right the whole package the, the, the whole yeah everything all that of comes it with yeah me. I wondered if maybe you'd missed me ointments mostly because I know you always like to sample them. I've been online and I've found some alternative resources for the ointments. They're not as good as yours, but they got me through. I once bought a tub of, was it, it's called something de la mer sort of something and it was 150 quid for a pot and that was meant to make you look uh, youthful. Okay. Yeah, but it just made me tongue swell up. (laughs) Because I, I put it all on my tongue. I wanted a uh-huh. really young tongue. You yeah, know? yeah. I wondered if you might have missed the bowl of tampopo I always bring you. Hot tampopo I bring. Um, to be honest, I hadn't missed that at all. Okay. It was becoming an inconvenience, if anything. But you oh, must man. have missed my selection of names for you to choose from. You must have. Oh, God, like, like the desert misses the rain, as I think that song said. First up, may I offer you Papa Shit Shovel, <laughs> right? Imagine a father, right, oh. with the weakest, flimsiest shovel on the street, oh. but it snowed hard and everyone's out clearing up. That is the embarrassment that is Papa shit shovel. Have you been delving into my past history because that kind of happened to me last Christmas? Your dad had a shit shovel? No, I had a shit shovel. Really? I had a snow shovel and uh, it snapped it off when I was shoveling the snow. So did you... None of the neighbours, none of theirs snapped, but mine did. Maybe it was because I was shoveling really hard Yeah. and, you know, getting all the snow out the way. Yeah, it's a fine tradition. <clears throat> do you, you probably live in terraced housing, do you? So you've got... Tenem- there's a kind of tenements. Com- <laughs> in a tenement. I live in a fungalow, Bob. Yeah, you do. So what about laughter in St Martin's, right? <laughs> I'd like this one. I just, you know, it's up for grabs. It used to be described as a right fucking hoot when it is at art college days, yeah. you know? But his laughter tally has seriously declined since those days. Right. And now he raises, like, little or hardly any laughter in his job at Inferno Rocket Plastics. <clears throat> is it his fault? Is he not funny anymore? Or does has his audience changed? Same old patter. Juvenile <clears throat> ah, patter, right. you know? Yeah, um, toilet humour. That's laughter in St. Martin's. Or he could be Chance Pedigree, yeah? <clears throat> Voted Labour all his life, but won't be voting Labour anymore because he's in prison for armed robbery at his local branch of the Sunglass Hut. Um, I'll go for him. You go for Is Chance, that my last option? Chance Pedigree, yeah. Sounds a bit Or you exciting. can be Roddy Hot Dogs. No, it's been a while. I'll change it for the day. I'll, I'll be that last one. I forgot what it was. Chance Pedigree, Chance was Pedigree. it? Thank you. 
I've only got, well, I've got two for you. Uh, Lord Fisticuffs. Okay. A while ago you said that you'd like to be offered it again at some point. It is good. He's a tough fighter, isn't he? He is, yeah. A little, he comes out a swinging. Little, yeah, it gets a knock on. His top hat usually comes off when he's fighting, but he doesn't, he doesn't care. Okay. I'll... So there's him. And then there's Travel Probe Tube. Which oh, is, I don't want to get it's fifty percent less heavy than the previous probe tubes, and it works around the world, so you don't have to get a region-specific attachment to use it abroad. Well, I admit that that is a bonus. You see, that is a bonus. But so I'm not, I've been busy while you've been away. I'm not interested in probe tubes, so I'll take Lord Fisticuffs. Right, you can be Lord Fisticuffs for the day then. Good. So, um, Sunderland, life in Sunderland, treating you all right, Andrew? Uh, Midland. You know, I'm not overwhelmed, I'm not underwhelmed, I'm just whelmed by it all. Okay, well, I imagine that the signs are going up for Sunderland Christmas signs for the shops. Here comes Christmas. Order your Christmas chicken now, Mm -hmm. and didn't forget our parsnip-shaped dippers. Romanian Xmas blue drink, one pound a litre. Hurry before our premises get looted. (laughs) (laughs) I was in Sunderland last week. Well, I, was, I was, I was, I wasn't. Yeah, I was in Sunderland at the shopping centre. Oh, yeah. you know. And here's some of the things I overheard. All oh, right, I okay. Remembered. Come on then. Oh, Callum, go and make us some monster munch from Smiths. The shape will remind me that we need to go to shoes on. <laughs> well, shoppers, please remember that the litter bins are for dry paper and plastic litter only, and should not be used for shat, piddle, or spew. <laughs> If you're caught short, please use one of the fire buckets next to Greg's. <laughs> oh, Tasman, will you look at that display with the baby Jesus in the wooden bucket, all wrapped in tinfoil and surrounded by hot wheel boxes? I could weep into me baked spud gravy. <laughs> I'm going to even do more. Will oh, the good. owner of a massive Alsatian called Pat please report to the information curve? There is something hanging out of its arse that looks like jewellery, but our tongues are currently being used to remove a Todd from the art sculpture. So, Sunderland's getting bubbling for Christmas. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, it's getting lively. All of that is very accurate, I have to say. Have you got a quiz for us? I've got a quiz because you've been away fishing, haven't you? Mm. For a while. How was it? It was all right. How interested are you? Not really. Not really. Well, slightly less interested than I am in your health. Uh, we caught some fish. Good. I fell over. Yeah. And we it's drank some beer. More of the same then. More of the well, same. Well, I've got a bit of a fish quiz for you. Go on then. Fish or not a fish, it's called. Okay. Here we go. Uh, itchy Globo. F- oh, sorry, I'll start that again. Itchy Globo Blowfish. Is that a fish? Or not a fish? Fish. Not a fish. Nah, Itchy Global Blow appeared on the 1988 Cocteau Twins album Bluebell Knoll. Okay. Slippery Dick. Fish or not a fish? No, I imagine it's a pudding. So <laughs> not a fish. Slippery Dick is a fish. Oh, fuck. Sugar Hiccup Fish. Fish or not a fish? Fish. Sugar Hiccup appeared on the 1983 Cocteau <laughs> oh. Twins album Head Over Heels. <laughs> Three more to go. We'll be over soon. Higgins Eye Pearly Mussel. Fish or not a fish? Well, if it's a mussel, it's not a fish. Um, I'll go fish. It is a fish. Yeah. Mm, well done. One out of four. Serpent Skirt Eel. Fish. Fish. Or not a fish. Fish, 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 fish. Not a fish. Fuck Serpent off. Skirt appeared on the 1996 Cocteau Twins album, <laughs> Milk and Kisses, their final album. And lastly, 50-50 Clownfish. 
Oh, yeah, that's a fish. That's not a fish. Ah. 50-50 Clown appeared on the 1990 Cocteau Twins album, Heaven or Las Vegas. Oh, dear. I didn't so do you too did well, really did badly. You've been fishing for like two and a half months. You've come back and you only know one fish. I've had an update from Peter. Oh, you have you? Hear it. All right, Bob. Well, winter's set in, you know, and I'm still stuck at home, yeah. You know, following the trouble with the foreign lads at the club, like, you know. So I thought I'd tell you a little bit about how I keep the house warm, you know, in the winter months, like. Well, I've got a gas-powered combi boiler in the kitchen. It provides hot water for the room radiators and the towel rail in the bathroom. So there you have it, like that's how I keep warm. <laughs> if I'm, you know, going outside, you know, however briefly, I always slip on me puffer puffer jacket. If I'm just nipping out of the bin, I won't zip up like a puffer puffer jacket, but we'll just use the four press studs to secure the front. That is the uh, beauty, you know of having a dual fastening system on your puffer puffer jacket so that's a nice tip like you know if you're out and about puffer puffer shopping <laughs> dog dirt <laughs> the other day like you know and I popped out of the bins I found a packet of pickled onion monster munching that the wife had, must have left in me puffer you know she often borrows it, like, in you know, when she has to pop up to the hospital, you know, to have a leg drained. So I stood in the hall and I had a, a couple, you know, and oh, they're lovely and crunchy, lovely, crunchy, crunchy, crunch, like, you know, when you eat them. Suddenly, like, I looked up and I'd obviously overdone the crunch action, like, because... There's the wife staring at me, you know, like I was the bloke off the plus net advert. You fucking thief. I could hear you crunching, even with police interceptors on full fucking pelt. So what the fuck do you think you're doing eating my fucking monster munch, you creepy little clown? Uh, ooh. Ooh, uh, look, love. I'm sorry I've interrupted your viewing with me heavy crunching and the munching. <laughs> and I'm sorry, you know, if I might appear a bit spooky here in the hall, but you, you know, surely as I purchased uh, the crunch monsters, you can't call me a faith with, uh, you know, any degree of, um, you know, any degree of, uh, you, uh, you know what I mean, love, like. Don't fucking talk back at me, you fucking dial, or I'll give you another fucking foster home haircut. I'm sorry, love, like. Now get your fucking sorry ass down the offy and get me two more bags of fucking pickled munchies. Yes, no, I'm sorry, love, like, you know. Uh, anything else that I could get you? Ah, oh, yeah, you're fucking right. Get us a bottle of eggnog and a bottle of Advocat to wash down me fucking night porches. Uh, okay, love. And make sure the eggnog is very fucking viscous. 
don't want any of that cheap runny muck, you fucking sheep-faced shit. <laughs> so, you know, there you go, really. Uh, lesson for everyone there, you, you know, not to take what doesn't actually belong to you, you know. Anyway, fast forward, Bob, and it's <coughs> the middle of the day, and I'm sat on quite a low wall opposite the chemistry in a chicken wrap, and having a good old stare about. I love chicken wraps, mate. I think it's like the lumpy, lumpy chicken, really, what gets me loved up, you know. So, what can I say around me? I can see quite a few Cadbury's celebration wrappers by me feet. That's very nice. It hints at good times. <laughs> On the grass verge, I can see a thin, like browny yellow mushroom. So it's obviously seen better days. <laughs> There's a poster on a bus stop about the local panto. Peter Pan it is and it stars Dick out there, Dick and Dom. I hope Dom isn't upset like, you know, hope he isn't stuck at home worrying about stuff, you know. Anyway, um, Bob, I've got me little joke book out with me, so I'll just do, yeah, a couple of jokes, you know, before I go, so here goes, and hope you like them, you know. I see eggs are going up again. That will surprise a few chickens. <laughs> I had the snip, you know, of a second me, like, because I didn't want any kids. Uh, but when I got home, they were still there. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the cemetery, right, and I saw a bloke get up from behind the gravestone. Morning, I said. No, I'm just having a shit, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's all really, Bob, so. One Peter Beardsley. There's only one Peter Beardsley. Uh, see you, Bob. Well, Peter, there oh. out and about opposite the chemist. Nice to catch up with him. Hey, um, that pantomime with Dick out of Dick and Domin. Yeah, my son's in that. You kidding me? My on. son is one of the Lost Boys in Peter Pan. This oh, Christmas well, good at the Sunland Empire. Have you seen him rehearsing it? Or? He hasn't started rehearsing yet. He's got a very, very tough schedule. Both rehearsing. Has he got it, speaking part? Um, I don't think he has. He just like runs about a bit. It's a start He's though, isn't it? Lost Boys, but uh, two shows a day, hard work. Oh well, it'd be good for, for him little, that though, for a little youngun. I've negotiated a good deal as well, so we're all doing very nicely out of it. What, are you getting dippers? For Aye, get, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hello, I'm Professor Brian Cox from TV and from Outer Space, and I've got another fantastic space fact for you all. Did you know that if you captured all of the stars in our solar system and gathered them all together in some kind of incredible space net... The net you would need would have to be spun from the silk of enough spiders that if you packed them nose to tail, they would form an eight-lane motorway from Nutsford Services all the way to the capital of Venus and back again five times. Now that, I tell you, is a fact. Any of you lot fancy proving me wrong? No, thought not. TTFN, dickheads. (laughs) 
<laughs> Brian Cox, I like, I like that. He's, he's, he's got a little bit of a Geordie twang these days, hasn't he? Has he? Yeah, a little bit. Do you reckon he's been hanging around in Sunderland? Maybe he has. He, he ain't. might be back again another time. He <laughs> might not. We'll see. <laughs> hey, Andrew, Andrew, I forgot what? to tell you. When I came in here to TalkSpot today, we're yeah. at TalkSpot, by the way. Thanks, TalkSpot. Roy Hodgson is here. What is he? Wife. You know what he grabs me? His wife <coughs> is a big fan of um, shooting stars. All right. And he said he'd pop in. Okay. If he got a chance. So mm-hmm. he might pop in. Roy Hodgson might come in and say That'll be good. Right, because it is no, it's quite an interesting story. Out of all this filming, we've got one decent little story, and I thought I'd give it exclusively to Athletic Home. Well, Mids. thank you, Bob. Appreciate so, that. So, we're fishing on this reservoir in Cornwall for a fish called a perch. Do you know the perch? I've heard of the perch. It's a nice name for a fish, isn't it, Andrew? It's lovely. And uh, it's like a predator fish with sharp teeth, and it's got this fin on the dorsal fin, it's called. Right. With bony, sharp, quite a dangerous bit of kit. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, we use using our bait with worms, and a film crew hadn't arrived. We always get there first, set up our fishing and that. So we were just having a nice bit of fishing time. So we're watching our rods, waiting for a bite. There's a little fishing up behind us. We've got a color gas cooker, right? Mm-hmm. We can, which we use. We could use later on because we always have. Um, do you know that soup I mentioned? That Swedish soup. Yeah, I did mention. Yeah. <laughs> Some months ago, yeah. That made you feel dreary mentioning that soap, didn't it? Yeah. So it has again. Yeah. After about an hour, Paul, Paul? catches Paul, Paul Whitehouse. Oh, sorry. Yeah. A really a be- perch that big. Mm-hmm. Real specimen. If you're interested in... Did it have all the kit on it? All the, all the fins, all, all the, the rig. teeth and all that. After about an hour, Paul catches this lovely perch, right? So we put it in the keep net so that we can get a shot of it when the camera arrives, right? right? Now, just as we're doing that, it's not really right to keep a fish in a keep net. The bailiff arrives, right? And that's it might seem a dull story, Andy, but the thing is... <laughs> no, no, old Bob. Yeah, he's a bit of a jobsworth, right? And he wants to check our bait 
because mm-hmm. you're not allowed to fish with maggots and stuff. He wants to check our hooks mm-hmm. to make sure they've not got a barb on them because we use like barbless hooks. And then he asks to see our fishing licenses. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but, but Andy, the thing is, is if we're caught fishing without a license with it being BBC, yeah. you're being big shit. Right, we got a TV license, haven't you? So does that not count? No, honestly, honestly, they'd make a meal of it. So Paul's got his license. Typical Paul got his license. I have no idea whether I've got one or not. I like presume that the production company. Do you just not like say you're his helper or something, and you're not actually fishing? You're just his mate who's just no, coming along. No, it's one of those like what they call strict liability things. Shows your license, right? Oh, that's it. You or know, lock you up. Lock you up. Well, I, I, and um, but I presumed that the production company would just have sorted it out, right? So. He can't, he's got a little gizmo, it's a bit bigger than a phone, mm-hmm. and he can check whether you put your details in, and he can check whether oh, you've right, got a licence, yeah. but it won't work because we're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Well, that's stupid. Well, and he can't get a signal, but Paul has got something, have you heard of these called the hotspot in his car? <laughs> um, it's a nice, like a Wi-Fi thing. Yeah, it's a nice name for something to have in Yeah, your I've car, got one it? of them. You've got a hotspot. Like a dongle. I don't know what he was, I don't know what it refers to. I'll get it at me bag if you want, if you want to have a look at it. So he goes to um, the car phone production to see what, hoping that I've got a license. So I'm just stood with this fucking bloke when suddenly he picks up the gas canister and fucking smacks it <laughs> over the head. I said, ow, oh, I said, that really hurt. That was really tart. He says, you're a fucking tart. <laughs> now take your strides off and feed that perch into your anus backwards. Oh. I should have said he's South African. No, I didn't mention, did you? <laughs> well, I hesitate a little bit, so he cracks me over the head again. <laughs> Bang! So what am I meant to do, Andy? Do it. Put well, it in. So I bend, I take my pants off, I bend over, and I start to feed the per- the perch's face into myself, yeah? yeah? He says, put it in backwards, you fat prick! I want the dorsal fin to rip into your rectal tissue! I say, I know I won't do it, I just won't do it. So he lights the gas canister, our oven thing, and starts heating the blade of like a metal spatula thing, yeah? He says, Your choice, bro! Backwards perch or hot spatula! I says, But that spatula will be over 300 degrees. That would cook my shit pipe to Peterborough and back. I, I won't do it. I just won't do it. Then he put a f- Think of this, Andy. <laughs> then he pulls a kitten out of his bailiff's Yeah, out of his bailiff's back. He says, Do it! Or I'll repeatedly bang this kitten's face against the architrave around the fishing hut door. <laughs> well, I, just, I can't have that happen, Andy. I love cats. No, I know you so do. So I slowly insert the perch backwards. Now, I'm just about to bridge the dorsal fin part of it <clears> when <throat> I um, hear him say, Get back in your fucking vehicle, you skinny prick! <laughs> and I look up. He's hitting the head with a car fire extinguisher. Oh, my that, God. Thrown by Paul. So I thank Paul, we clean off the perch, you know, and put it back in the net. I says, Paul, how, how he knew there was trouble, you know, with this fella? Yeah. And he said there were some posters up there in the car park. Right. Right, so that's why he's brought the fire extinguisher. Yeah. He comes round anyway, I said, look, we know you're not a bailiff, mate. What do you do? He says, I work for a small engineering company in Titan. <laughs> and do you know what the irony is here? <laughs> I says, no, I don't. <laughs> we manufacture the brass couplings for that very model of portable fire extinguisher. Really? You couldn't make it up? <laughs> and we all laugh in part on reasonable good terms. That's good. Yeah, so that ended well. I'm pleased. Thank you. Did I in any way manage to disguise the fact that that was a South African story? I knew it was coming. Ah, you <laughs> fucker. <laughs> Ooh, hey, 
Hey, hey, hey, hey. Here's Roy. Here's Roy. Oh, God, here he is. Yeah, I'll get say hello to him. All right, bring him in. Hello, Roy. Oh, thank you. That's brilliant. No, yeah, just two minutes. Well, uh, hello, Roy. Thank you for popping in to, to talk to us. No worries. I'm very fucking happy to be here. So, Crystal Palace, Roy, the season hasn't really taken off yet. Sorry, Robert, but I don't want to talk football. It bores me stiff these days. Everything that needs saying has been said. Fair enough. So, um, what would you like to talk about, Roy? Warhammer. Sorry? Warhammer. Warhammer. The... War... Warhammer. <laughs> what, the board game? It's not a board game. It can be played on any appropriate surface. Six foot by four foot tabletop, for example. So, that's like a hobby of yours, is it? So, who do you, who do you play with? Christine Benteke. He's a daft lad, so he generally plays as an orc or a goblin. Uh, Andrew Townsend fancies himself a bit, usually plays as a wood elf or fucking halfling. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Humphreys from the F1 and BT Sport. He likes to play as a lizard man. All right, so who won the uh, last game you played? Uh, fucking Ben Tickey. He played as a chaos warrior and he doubled me using a scaven spell of plague and ruin. Like a daft cunt, I played as a tomb king. <laughs> With an army of nomads. And all ice shields have all shot the shit. Of course, uh, Warhammer. Warhammer. Like, yeah, Warhammer. It's all about tactics, in it, with a little bit of luck thrown in. So does that help you with your coaching? No, I'm afraid it doesn't, no. So, all right, well, so there's a lot of different personalities in Warhammer. Warhammer. Yeah. <laughs> does that help you understand the different personalities in the dressing room? No, not at all. Right, right. Do, do you do you actually like football? No, I fucking don't. Sorry, Robert, I've got to get to Games Workshop to buy some orcs. I'm going to take on Ben Teke in his own fucking game. It's been a pleasure, it really has. <laughs> and what's the game called? Warmer. Sorry, what? Warmer. <laughs> Thank you for coming in, Roy. Thank you. There he goes. He's nice, Roy, isn't he? He's a lovely fella. A bit, a bit angry. <laughs> I've had an update from Barry Olmona. Oh, yeah, and well, like you mentioned yeah. earlier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Andy, did you watch the um, did you watch the Dupont Storyville chemical um, poisoning of America? No. Thing? Oh, was that the other night? I, I just wanted to give a quick telly recommendation. Well, can I give you this extraordinary fact from it Please that don't. might entice you to do it? In order to for Dupont to find out whether they were affecting. Um, human beings, mm -hmm. right? They needed a sample of blood that wasn't infected with what's called C3. It's the chemical in Teflon, yeah? Right, yeah. So they tried America, and then they tried young people in America. Right. Then they tried the Far East. Right. Then they tried Russia and Alaska. Yeah. They could not find a sample of blood <laughs> in the whole of Earth that wasn't infected with this C3. Um they eventually did find a pure sample, a, a sample of blood without C3 in it. This yeah. is the chemical. And it was some that, I assume it's frozen or whatever, some from some American soldiers that they'd given before they went off for the uh, Korean War. Jesus. So everyone's got this in them. Oh, Andy, it's a big deal, yeah. Because you know what it causes? What? Cancer. Fuck. So everyone who's, you know, it's, whoa... They should have gone to that. Did you see that tribe in the news the other day? There's no. this tribe that's been completely isolated from the rest of the world, and they're called Macums, yeah, whatever. And um, some some fucking 
smart horse explorer American tried to get yeah. onto their island and go and yeah. you know explore and all this sort of thing, and they just fired a load of arrows into him, <laughs> killed killed the cunt. <laughs> because why not? But they, this tribe, they they specially sailed off because they don't have any immunisation against stuff like flu or, oh, right. or any diseases or anything, so they won't have any of that stuff in them. Well, but if you go and try and ask them if they'll give you a blood sample, they just fire a load of arrows into you. Yeah. So so you'd have to kill them. Lo- to get lose blood lose yeah, probably yeah. yeah. And and just whilst we're on TV, have you watched anything decent, Andy? Um, have you seen? I, well, I don't know if it's decent or not. I think it's quite indecent. I've come across this thing on the History Channel called Forged in Fire. Yeah. Have you seen it? It's like no. British Bake Off, but with swords. <laughs> well, I'll check. I'll be watching. For, you it's, know, it's quite interesting because you've got like they're all virgins, pretty much. They're just interested in making swords. They're probably into war armor as well. Yeah. So they just they make swords and blades and handles and all this kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. They're bladesmiths, that's what they're ah, like. right. And it's a contest to, to make the best sword. But then it kind of goes on later and they test out their swords on, like, fake animal carcasses and stuff. Oh, right, yeah. And they have, like, fake blood spurting across the Oh, it's the a place. bit like Deadliest Weapon used to do that, yeah. Is that... It might be the same thing, but it's called Forged in Fire. All right, well, um, just too quickly, because it's probably dull, but everyone knows man versus food, and yeah. after a while it got a little bit dull, right? Mm. Well... Unbeknownst to us, it's now got a new presenter. Right. Um, and he it's is... Mick Superb. <laughs> so I honestly check it. What a fate. He's got... A, his his face is a <laughs> gift from the comedy gods. It's extraordinary. Okay. Okay. It's certainly worth, you know, try an episode of that. And I know everyone knows this, but the new Making a Murderer is good. I haven't gotten into it yet. It's really good. Okay. There's a sort of Dracula-style female... Ooh. A, um, lawyer that takes over the whole show. I like the and, sound of that. Yeah. Well. Anyway, Barry Olmon has been in touch. Okay. Uh, he's given us an update. Yup, 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 yup. Hi, Barry Olmon here. Just a quick update on my incredible life and supporting infrastructure. So recently, I've been full-on forensic with my kitchen island shine and buff routine. So it's four foot by three foot epic slab of white marble effect coriander. First I strip off down to my Tommy hips, under kegs. They hug my butt like a couple of spuds in a condom. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> then I put on a pair of white slippers that I half inched from the Hotel de Var. Yeah, the Hotel de Var in Bristol. I was there for a regional sales conference. I network like a fucking athlete who just happens to be a business bastard. <laughs> Bumped into Sue Preston from Guildford, popped a banana in her handbag and gave her a wink. <laughs> Didn't come to anything. Should have, should, have, should have probably left my door open. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, next I climb onto the island using my fold-away multi-step height-adjusting miracle gadget and remove all dust with a microfiber cloth wrapped around the slippers. It attracts dust like I attract opportunities and leads. Next up, I drop a moisture bomb on the slab. It's an egg-sized lump of number seven protect and perfect intense and advanced moisturising cream. It's the total shit and could bring life back to an axe handle that's been abandoned in a Greek mountain donkey shelter. What I'm saying is that it penetrates deeper than a hung butcher. Then I take a break of Rooney and enjoy a camper choo-choo from my George Clooney-endorsed coffee unit. It's barista quality without all the Tom Tittery and fuckaboutness. <laughs> Extra shot, two sucras and a pixie pinch of cinnamon dust. 
Then it's time for the buff. I slip off the Tommy Hips, quick sniff to check for tarnish, and tie a king-size soft-conditioned bath towel into a nappy. Back up the multi-steps, and I ride that slab like a power drill in hammer mode. Might seem like a lot of trouble to go to for a kitchen slab, but I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, once I dismount the sheen as spectacular as the talk on my Audi TT... I just sit back in my roadman trackie, sip on a can and wait for my business phone to start chirping like a sparrow in a fat ball factory. So, that's my update, Bob. See ya! <laughs> well, thanks, Barry. I know it was oh, worth it. Oh, God. I, well, that made me feel a bit sick. Wait, what, what made you <laughs> oh, feel sick? Oh, he's just... All of him. You don't like oh, him? no. Oh, I don't think he means... I think he means all right, doesn't he? The stuff with the banana was felt wrong yeah well no I see where it's come so he popped a banana in her handbag yeah. and gave her a wink yeah you know is that any more um, disgusting than people flicking through this tinder thing or it's different it is different did he have his number written on the banana or anything or at, at, at some kind of I think you might have had his intentions challenge. his intentions yeah. written on it <laughs> Roberts, the guru is here again. Right, the guru is near you. Be calm now. Fucking chill out, man. <laughs> how How is your personal equilibrium today, Robert? How are your shoplifting urges? Any to speak of right now? Um, no, I feel reasonably hmm? calm. And... I, I noticed you're wearing your big coat with the deep hidden pockets in it. Have you been off on the rob before you came here today? No, I've given. I don't do go on the rob. Are room. you sure? I'm sure. I promise. No. What did you get? Razor blades, filled steak. No, I used to do. I used to get Nick Bacon in I've, the past. I've heard the Duracell batteries are very profitable items on the black market at the moment. Just say no thanks. Oh, okay, Guru. Yeah. Have you been on the dark web yet, Robert? No, I don't know how you'd get on the dark that, web. That's worth a look. All the proper money used to be made online. Now most of the pubs have closed down. You can't flog stuff face to face anymore. So I've heard. And um, a lot of the pubs that are still open have gone legit, and licensees don't turn a blind eye like they used to. It's very sad, changing times, I suppose. It doesn't seem very spiritual, but fucking gastro pubs. Um, how how are your um how are your waterworks, Bob? Oh, not great. Not any great. Um, any significant night leaks to speak of? Yeah, one or two. Yeah. yeah. Do you find yourself feeling the urge to pull over when you're touching seventy on a dual carriageway? Um, yeah, the urge has crossed the... Waterworks emergency because of the adrenaline? I suppose, mm, yeah. yeah. Either behind a bush or in plain sight, motorists. No, oh. I would never do it in plain sight. <laughs> no offence, <but. laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for your frank and honest contributions, Robert. I wish you the very best of luck with your thieving and staying dry during your high-speed motoring. And goodbye well, for now. Thank you, Guru. You've been, oh, as always, you've been a great help. Thank you. Yeah, goodbye. Right, so I've got a little Scottish tale to tell you. I haven't done All one right. for a while because I think they're probably illegal. Um, but whatever, <laughs> you know, these are strange times we live in. You can't, maybe, you can't be I'll sure, get, maybe I'll get away with it. Okay. James Murray was just six years... A Scottish accent. James Murray. I forgot how to do it. James Murray was just James Murray was just six years old when his mother died of oat fever. It was a slow, painful death, 
and at the moment of passing, her face took on the appearance of an abandoned dishcloth. Thirty other women died or turned towards the daft that year due to a blighted oat crop. Young James swore at that moment that he would grow a small crop of healthy oats each year and roll them ready for any future outbreak of oat fever. Fast forward ten years and the teenage James was thinking less of oat crops and more of life as it could be on the mainland. He saw himself at Hotel Chocolate, jokingly asking for a room for the night, then into French Connection, where he would inquire when the next train left for a Lille, then into Clinton Cards to ask for a card featuring both Hillary and Bill, then on to Gap to insist that they sold him some polyfiller. Then Miss Selfridge, where he would inquire whether the staff thought their boss would ever marry. <laughs> Finally, River Island, to ask when the last ferry left for the mainland. Then he would rest a while in Costa Coffee, where on an adjacent seat would be a lassie fully protected in a bubble hut and Macintosh. She would lean over at her chosen time and ask, Are ye the laddie that's been causing hilarity in the high street with your joking and your high jinks? Aye, I may well be, he replies. Would you care to join me and be captivated by my wit? Aye, I would, I will. I have a bubbly personality myself and would like a slice of that with my beverage. At this point, she would stand and remove her Macintosh in pursuit of comfort. She wore a tight sage green nylon polo neckneath her coat, immediately revealing that she had a spat amount of tut to spare. I see you carry plenty surplus tit around with your lassie. Does it nearly restrict you in your gaiety? Aye, somewhat, she replied, but its sheer expanse can come in handy as I wander Dundee. Lift up my top and you'll see. Slowly James rolled up her top to reveal what seemed like a full acre of tut but it was near the flesh to which he was drawn but the writing upon it for by using a David Beckham indoor sharpie pen, she had noted down every free Wi-Fi code in the area upon her tut. James applauded like a seal, and his personal pipe tapped gently against his student union card. But suddenly his reverie was interrupted by a loud bang on his bedroom door, and the arrival into his bedroom of the laird himself. Hurry, boy, bring me your secret oats. We've been hit by oat blight in the castle, and my wives are turning toward the daft. Aye, master, I'll be away up the castle with haste. Just let me fetch a barrel from the cellar. The cellar, you say? That's all I needed to know. Kill him, Orkiel! And with that command into the room bounded the laird's attack fox, Orkiel. But it was no Orkiel's jagged poison teeth that killed James. No, he died in an instant on seeing that the fox had the face of Jorgen Klopp. <laughs> the face of Jorgen Klopp. The face of Jorgen Klopp. Oh, yeah. See ya. Bye.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.